Raise your hand if you've felt like you've been stuck in the molasses swamp sometime over the last two years. It's time for Cool Weird Awesome, where we're trying every day to make your day a little sweeter. I'm Brady. It's Monday, April 11th, National Board Game Day. And today we talk about what was, for millions of kids, one of the first board games they ever played. Candyland. And no, it wasn't a brilliant PR campaign for the sweets industry. Candyland was designed by a school teacher who was trying to help kids who were stuck in the polio ward. In the 1940s and 50s, polio was a major fear. It was dangerous, it wasn't always clear how it spread, and there wasn't yet a vaccine available. Kids who were exposed might have to quarantine at home. Kids who contracted polio might have to spend time in a polio ward. And in many of those wards, there wasn't a lot to do. Patients could maybe read books or listen to the radio if there was one nearby, but mostly they had to find ways to entertain themselves. In 1948, San Diego school teacher Eleanor Abbott contracted polio herself, and she ended up in a polio ward surrounded mostly by young people. We don't have a lot of background information on Abbott's life and career, but The Atlantic reports that she decided to design a game that would help kids in the ward pass the time while they were essentially stuck in place. But she also designed a game that would let them break free of the ward and move around, if only in their imaginations. If you remember how Candyland works, everybody moves forward on this colorful winding path. That would have been a big contrast to the rows of hospital beds and iron lungs that a kid would see in a ward. Early versions of the Candyland board even showed kids in leg braces taking steps, and of course the original end goal was to get home. Yes, there were a few obstacles that might slow players down along the way, but they were all candies, not the worst thing in the world to encounter. The polio vaccine put an end to the epidemic, but the game continued, with millions and millions of copies of Candyland out in the world, letting kids and families pass through peppermint forests and gumdrop mountains with help from their gingerbread guides. You can learn more about the history of Candyland at CoolWeirdAwesome.com and on Twitter at CoolWeirdPod. And coming up, we'll tell you about a time when they probably could have used a board game or two. That's after this. Cool Weird Awesome is listener-powered thanks to our backers on Patreon. For just a dollar a month, you'll get loads of extras, including more episodes of the show, previews of upcoming episodes, and the chance to add their own messages to the show. Backing us would be cool. Backing us would be awesome. Backing us will never be weird. Visit patreon.com slash Brady Carlson. And thanks. Welcome back. Today in 1954, not a whole heck of a lot, apparently. A scientist built a program to measure the importance of each day in the grand sweep of history, and that program found that April 11th, 1954, was the most boring day ever, with no major events to write home about. Of course, as Gizmodo once noted, being the most boring day ever is actually kind of notable, so is it really still the most boring? I'm Brady. Hope you have an interesting day today. Thanks for listening, and come back again tomorrow for more Cool Weird Awesome. Another helpful Brady Carlson project.